A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the first of the last month of this year. Mm. This is the COB. I'm Nadine Blady here with Kyle Rodder. Kyle, Bless. we've made it through almost. And what a way to start the month. Yeah, just the way that we ended last month. Um, <laughs> I mean, you uh, you did the podcast with, with Scuddy yesterday. So I couldn't uh, chime in, but we're up over seven percent for for November, and things have started off in perhaps even more positive uh, with on a more positive footing. What was it today in the end? Uh, well over half a percent. They're about oh yeah, 600. we're close to a percentage point higher today, yeah, exactly. Kyle. Point nine percent when I saw uh, before the um, end of the auction. So uh, yeah, I mean. Ho, yep, ho, ho. Up, up by 0.96%, 7,354. I thought we'd close around that 750 level just because it was an even number. But yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, the big question is though, justified with a question mark <laughs> uh, considering all that Jay Powell had to say overnight. Yeah, well, I guess the takeaway that was pretty consistent from everyone was that, you know, markets are just sort of wanting to pick out what they want to hear. And I tried to ask a question a few times of guests of, you know, what what could be the possible rationale here? You know, maybe, you know, assume markets are efficient, you know, what could they they be efficiently discounting? And, you know, I think the best case scenario is that somehow, you know, recent monthly inflation gauges and other sort of forward-looking figures suggest inflation is going to fall off a cliff and therefore, you know, the Fed will, you know, more or less pause at less than 5%. But even still, that seems to be, you know, a very big if. Um, but, hey, we're off to the races and it looks like um, Santa Claus is, Santa Claus rallies here. Well, ho, 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 get on board, I suppose. I mean, many investors that I've been speaking to are saying, you know, there's nothing perfect about timing the market. If you're doing your bottom-up research and you're finding good value out there, you know, why wait? I, I thought you were in your conversation with um, Reese Bertles from Martin Curry was yeah. interesting today, talking about, you know, the relative value that's mm. on offer in the Australian market, considering mm. the actual composition of the companies on uh, this index. So he seemed pretty um, pretty positive on Australia as being a worthy investment destination for value strategies. Yeah, definitely. Um, and sort of spoke about sort of trying to get sort of value exposure, I guess, both here and abroad. But sort of, I guess, yes, yeah, sort of tying in that what you might say is looming as a potential longer term trends with then again balancing these sort of investment opportunities that are clearly abundant in Australia because we're so value oriented but also finding ways to get exposure um, overseas as well for that kind of you know geographical um, diversification which of course mm-hmm. you know everyone is talking about how you diversify yourself in this in this market so that was that was a really interesting conversation and I guess that, that's the other thing to sort of pick up part as well is trying to sort of um, work out what is a long-term investment, thesis and how to position for the next five to ten years versus what's cyclical um because we also spoke about the potential earnings downgrades to come next year as well despite the fact that a lot of corporates are still sort of banging on about that they think things are going to be okay 
Well, let me just get stock specific for a moment um, and just run us through where we saw a lot of the strength coming through. Look, in a sector level, you couldn't look past some of what was happening in the material space, BHP. I mean, Rio is up by more than 3%. We also mm. saw some good gains being made in the gold miners. Some of the gold miners were the best performers by percentage change uh, on the local market. Do you know why that is? Oh, well, actually, you know what was really interesting was the um, Henry Jennings, what Henry Jennings was saying yesterday. In fact, I might even be taking this from a not yet um, a broadcast episode of the investment committee, but I don't, we're not giving anything away here. But he <laughs> did, he did, someone asked him about why gold prices, Aussie gold stocks rise with the underlying gold price, US dollar gold price. And basically, the marginal buyer, um, as far as investors go, for Aussie gold stocks, is uh, are all overseas so and they're only when when they factor in their performance they have to factor in the conversion rates so the aussie dollar gold price doesn't actually mean anything so effectively we had the power power um, conversation last mm -hmm. night yields yields down and the dollar down gold gold up in us dollar terms mm -hmm. and i think that was probably a bit of a, a, a play on that okay thank you for that um, otherwise <laughs> we've got appen today was up by about 10 uh, percent. troubled company that zero was up today city actually took a look at one of its rivals results uh, Intuit is the company's name Intuit said that it isn't experiencing macro-related weakness in its accounting software business. So City drawing a line between that and zero, saying that it will retain its buy rating, holding its price target at $97.90. So that's a couple of uh, significant stock moves today. Next DC was down by 3.5%. When I was on air, I said, well, I don't know if there's any news because I hadn't seen it. But no, as far as I can see on my screens now here confirming it was on not a lot of news at their computer share though also down it's often interest rate related it benefits in a high interest rate environment Whitehaven Coal giving up some gains downer EDI it's got a new CEO and MD it was on the losing end though down by two percent um, so yeah, there was uh, a bit of news out in regards to Cochlear, the ACCC taking yeah. a bit of a closer look at its recent acquisition. Um, but really, it was uh, largely the macro. Um, but, but you know, I don't want to forget about the stock of the day, of course. No. Of course, Kyle. And that was Domino's Pizza. It is continuing with its Asian acquisition and it's looking to raise $165 million to complete the acquisition of uh, Malaysia and Singapore. So we spoke with David Lane from Ordmanet and Ben Clark from TMC Capital. It is a business that that does continue to grow. And uh, for those that, that uh, you know, want a growth stock, uh, we think it's at reasonable prices. So we've got a buy recommendation on okay. it at the moment. This potentially is good for them, and this mm. could, this could open up another one of those sweet spots where you know in Europe in particular they've done really well. So right. um, um, you know I'll probably go a hold now, whereas I probably would have been at a sell before this deal was announced. So a bit of a disagreement here, Kyle. We've got David Lane calling it a buy. Ben Clark changing his view from a hold to a sell. I like Ben Clark's idea on that one. I have no idea why you'd find appeal, uh, any kind of appeal in Domino's. My cheap, whole thing is cheap pizzas. Cheap pizza. But remember the whole like justification for their, their valuation was tech. they were a tech data company. And that, I reckon that was spurious. And then, okay, you turn around and say, well, you know, they're a pizza company. They tell, you know, I, I have children. We, we buy Domino's pizza all the time to feed them when they yeah, have like sleepovers. Yeah, but like at $5. Yeah, $5 pizza. <laughs> but like, where, how's that like, where, where's the money in that? 
One I, thing that's always I always remember with Domino's Pizza is um, I feel like there's always a reason for something. And I remember one was Europe had a very hot summer. And in their result, they said, and a lot of Europeans don't have air conditioning. Mm. So that then impacted sales in Europe. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying when I was reading it, this thinking, like, okay, like really now we're talking about air link. conditioning. Because, yeah. yeah, I don't have air conditioning at my house. I still only buy the $5 pizza if a bunch of kids are coming over. They don't, they don't, don't care. Know different. No. I don't know. They got, they got, they got terrible taste. But, I mean, I, I just don't see why that's a, a really strong, sustainable business model. And it's the other thing, too. It seems to be like one of those situations, like with Facebook. It's like, well, do you, do you use it? It's like, oh, actually, not that much. But it's a great stock. Look, think of its potential. It's like, yeah, but you don't even use it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand the whole appeal of Domino's. Well, if, it, if it goes to the moon, then to use the, the, the Bitcoin phrasing, good on you. I just don't know. Yeah. Well, um, just to name drop Henry Jennings again. Hello, Henry, if you're listening. Um, I also remember when Afterpay, you know, when nobody really knew what Afterpay was, yes. and we had just started talking about it. And I remember Henry saying, look, all you have to do and what he does is go around and open your eyes and look. And he said, you know, look at all the stickers that are showing up on the mm. front of these retailers. And I said, yeah, but that's true. And that was early, early days of Afterpay and, and look what's happened there. Um, look, we, we can continue to talk about Powell, but I suggest you go to the website. We've got a lot of analysis on the Fed and what happened there. Hey, Kyle, um, I'm giving a lot of thought to the end of the year. I just think it's when the clock ticks over to December and we're thinking about big business stories, the biggest business stories. And of course, it's the Fed. Of course, it's China. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's Ukraine. But I'm thinking more corporate stories. And I, I can't help but think about uh, Magellan. Let's not forget Magellan and the implosion there. I think we need to think about AGL and, yeah. and just how it's indicative yeah. of like a whole ideological sort of conversation that we've been having around climate change. Mm -hmm. Think that we've had the election today or this year, I should say, the teal wave or whatever we're calling it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what do you think? I was thinking that when you put it, uh, put that around to the to the newsroom, and I I got really caught in the recency bias, right? Because my first thing was like the cyber attacks. Yeah. You know, maybe what else? The other thing from a policy point of view was the big job summit that you know just was a typical uh, talk fest. But I had to really push my mind back to the to the start of the year. The AGL one was probably the biggest soap, mm -hmm. soap opera, I suppose. You know, election. Yeah. Uh, there was an election. I mean, we had. Well, look, you've got another night a to think about it because we've got uh, the last, last call. So this is, right. uh, you know, the last call, uh, not you, Kyle, but out there that we I'm do 345 Eastern every Friday, we wrap the week. Well, this week, it's going to be a little bit of a wrap of the year. So some of those big macro themes, Kyle will be discussing, um, you know, alongside the rest of us with these uh, really power panels that we've put together. Mm -hmm. Equities, you know, I think that in equities, lithium, a big theme, coal miners, a big theme. And then, yeah, we'll be... Um, Joined by a few special guests to talk about some of those corporate corporate news stories as well. So, look, if you can't watch it live, we will put it online, obviously, that you can peruse over the weekend, really, for the remainder of the month, because it will be sort of an all-encompassing, mm -hmm. big, big, uh, big blockbuster for 2022. I don't know, Kyle. I just, it also dawned on me today that it's the RBA next week. Like, it where is. did that month go? I, uh, I'm not too sure. I'm, well, I mean, we've just spoken about how we're at the start of December. I'm, this is the time of the year I sort of fall into sort of existential despair because it's another <laughs> year, another Christmas, and I can't keep up. But um, yeah, Tuesday. And um, well, we've had a couple of GDP partials the last few days as well. And that mm. CPI data, of course, that we didn't get to talk about yesterday. So, I mean, everyone's sort of banking on 25. But if I'm not mistaken, and uh, anyone who's 
that's listening out there and I'm wrong, please let me down. The, the fixed income people always do like to make you feel silly. Um, but less than a, you know, there's not a full full hike being baked into the market yet. If I'm not mistaken, it's sort of a 70 to 80% probability. So there's room for volatility in the markets around that, but also that, you know, since we've had this data in the last few days and then, you know, what's going on in the global global context as well, you know, you've got some, you've got markets really pricing out the sort of level of aggressiveness that you know only a few days, perhaps weeks ago, was was based, baked into rates markets. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, it's going to be a live one, twenty twenty three. We've got uh, some more GDP partials to come through. I had a chat with Deanna Messina at AMP Capital to end the session saying, look, um, it looks like GDP will come in a bit weaker than many are expecting. She reckons we will see 25 basis points next week. We will see a pause next year. And of course, our central bank has that breathing room coming through in January as well. Um are we missing anything from today? Uh, just more trivia, I suppose. We're, we're higher than where we were before the RBA started hiking rates. Ooh. So, you know, obviously, oh. obviously the, the, the RBA doesn't target financial conditions like the Fed does. And, you know, our markets, well, we can thank iron ore prices and, and um, all of that for, for the strength. But, yeah, I mean, if we wanted to start to get really retrospective, how far we've come, I suppose, 275 basis point hike that of hikes. Mm-hmm. Another 25 to come yep. potentially and we've uh, ridden that wave and I think actually the other thing too is that we keep quoting is that the um, all laws accumulation index is less than 1% off all-time all highs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's heard that at least once this week but yeah. still worth hammering home. Yeah, and, and you know, US market's in a bull market again. The Dow's in a bull market. So scratching your head over that one, we'll be doing so with Brian Nick from Nuveen. He'll be joining us live from the States in the morning as will Ilias Vivek from uh, Global F- or Daily FX, apologies. And I think he's actually got a new role as well with Tasty Trade, which is another subsidiary of uh, okay, IG. Yep. I, I was I, I got an email through through today too to to um, say that that might be the the title from now on. Okay. Um, noted. Uh, Jessica Mir from Saxo Markets, Mahajabin Zaman from ANZ will be joining us, Gemma Dale from NAB Trade. So look, a great day lined up. Dean Fergie, looking forward to that one on the small caps from Cyan Investment Management. And of course, 345, the hour of power, the last call. I think that could be close to our best lineup, I think, so far. And and we've got, uh, obviously, a bit of party happening. A bit of a party happening in the background. <laughs> so if we do want to get an, you know, another opinion, if things get a little dull within the 15 minutes there, for whatever reason, I, I very much doubt it. We got, uh, who have we got in the big picture? David Sikolsky, yeah. Sarah Hunter. Matt Chris Sherwood, Weston Chris in the house. Yeah. That, that was that was a decision we had to slave over with, whether we'd allow him in the office or not, but we yep. thought we thought we would. Um Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Yeah, it was an executive decision from Nadine. <laughs> um, overruled. But um, him and... Uh, yeah, obviously a, a great crowd that'll be in the background to, to sort of sing in the last last episode for the year. Okay, so we will just reiterate what happened on the markets uh, today. So really positive, not just in the US, but that flowed through to Asian markets as well. The S&P ASX 200 up by, let's call it a percent, 7,354. Yeah, right Look, there was not really any weakness to be seen across the Asian region. We do get some data out of Europe. Uh, and employment housing data out of the UK tonight. We also do get um, personal income out of the States and a few other reads as well. Um, but look, we will we will get you across it all in the morning. We hope to see you then. Ciao. Bye.